Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. Well, good morning, North. My name is Wes Buchanan, the mission pastor here at North Bible Church. It is good to be here with you. I'm not sure uh, you've noticed or not, but Jay and I had the same outfit on, so that's, that's not awkward at all. Uh, and he has his quarantine hair all trimmed up, and, and, and so do I. So we're, we're all on the same page these days. Uh, so we're going to start off right into something. I'm going to ask you to do a favor for me. Um, what I'd like you to do, if there's someone sitting next to you in the room uh, where you are, or if not, then you can send a text to a, a family member or a friend. Uh, what I'd like you to do some point during my message today is tell the person next to you or send a text uh, this one thing. And that one thing I want you to send is, is one of the prayers that you are praying to God right now, seeking, for cl- seeking clarity for something. What, what are you asking God that you are, you're wanting his discernment for in life? So at some point, you know, I'm not going to know if you get on your cell phone and text someone, and I'm not going to know even if you talk to the person next to you while I'm talking. So go ahead, some point during the sermon, send that prayer to uh, someone that you, that you trust, and uh, that'll help us get going today. You know, one of your questions could be something like, you know, should I take that new job? Or not. You know, you're, another thing that you may be asking yourself is, okay, there's this relationship that I'm in, and God, am I supposed to be in this relationship? Or maybe there's someone you're interested in, and, and you're wondering, you know, should I pursue that relationship? You may be asking God right now, are our kids, our kids in the correct school? And if they're not, what school should they be in? Uh, where or who should I be serving? Maybe the question that you're asking God right now. Uh, maybe you're asking the question, how am I supposed to be responding during this, this COVID-19 thing? You know, social distancing, you know, should we, should we open more things up? You know, how am I supposed to respond during this time? Maybe you're seeking clarity for that. Maybe you have a new car that you want to buy, and you're asking, do I buy it now or do I wait? So I want you to text that, tell the person next to you um, as we go throughout the sermon today. And let me start off with prayer. Uh, God, uh, thanks again for bringing us here um, <clears throat> As we open up your word, as we, as we uh, discuss these matters, these crucial questions, I pray that you meet us. You meet us right here in the moment uh, so we can continue as individuals, but also as a, the body of Christ, not only locally here at North, but around the world. Uh, we, can be, we can be unified and be what you've called the body of Christ. And so uh, we just thank you for this morning. In your name, amen. So Jay started a series called Crucial Questions four weeks ago. Uh, four weeks ago, we started this, this Crucial Questions series, and essentially it is, it is answering the most crucial questions that you may have about faith. You, many of you have sent in your questions, and, and we're going to be answering those along the way. Uh, but it's, it's questions that maybe our culture is asking right now, or, you know, the questions about faith and God and, and people and, and culture. And so we're, all, we're putting all these together and, and answering these questions. And what we did the first three weeks is we established... We established our authority for answering these crucial questions. Uh, Jay took us through the scripture and basically said, we're, we're going to be answering these crucial questions through the lens of what God's word says to us. God and his word will be the authority for answering these questions. And then last week, Jay and Kirsten answered the question, uh, why did God create male 
and female. And at the same time, they honored mothers and they honored women for Mother's Day. Today, the crucial question that we are asking is this. How can I know and do God's will for my life? How can I know and do God's will for my life? Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard that question. I've asked that question. I've heard it from people of all ages. Kids all the way up to senior adults have, are asking that question. What, what is God's will for my life? And in some ways, I think we ask that question uh, a little bit differently than that direct question of, God, what's your specific will for my life right now? But maybe, you're, maybe when you're confused about something, and so you go to God and you're like, hey, God, I'm, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on right now. I'm just seeking understanding. Um, can, you, can you help clarify what's going on? That's a form of asking you know, God's will because you're, you're asking him his plan and his purpose. When you're scared, uh, when, you're, when you're seeking peace in the midst of a difficult time and you go to God and you say, what, what's going on here? How, how can you help? You need to give me the peace beyond understanding. You are asking the question, what is your will right now? When you're feeling insecure or, or maybe you're depressed, uh, you ask that question a lot. If you're in the middle of a life transition, you're going, okay, God, we're, we made this change. Are you, you going to show up? Are you going to help us in the midst of this? Uh, when we have pain, we ask the question. When we're just looking for an answer, whether it's good, positive, or negative, we're asking the question, what is your will for my life? What is it? What is next? And even, how can I hear your voice, God? Now, those are really, really huge questions, all right? And there's no way we can comprehensively handle all of those. And so what I'm going to do today is, is simplify the discussion. And I need a little disclaimer for you. Um, there's a lot smarter and wiser and very faithful people who have answered these questions in sermons, uh, in books, in uh, courses, in, in school, in, in doctoral programs and conferences. And so I'm humbly trying to glean some things from them as well as mix in what I believe the Lord wants to share uh, through me today. If you want to do some more study, I would encourage you to check out um, what these folks have uh, on this specific um, question. Dallas Willard, John Eldridge, Henry Blackaby, Priscilla Shire, and John Ortberg. And I'm sure there's many other men and women. But it is important for us to answer this question today. It is important for us to seek God's will. Because we see the psalmist in, in the Psalms over and over and over again prays to God and says, please tell me how I can uh, know your will so I can please you. I want to please you, so tell me what your will is. And then we see in Romans 12 uh, when Paul's talking about the body of Christ. And he says, but the body of Christ is made up of many parts. It goes on to say, the parts do not all have the same purpose. And then later it says, we all have gifts. They differ according to the grace God has given to each of us. So this question of knowing God's will for our life is significant. Now, the answer to this question, this crucial question today, is actually quite simple on the surface. Yet at the same time, once you start pushing that answer around, digging in a little bit deeper, it's actually ridiculously difficult and nuanced as we press in a little bit more. So I'll explain some of those difficulties as we, as we go forward, but the, the short, simple, precise answer for today, I'm going to give that to you right now. And you may hear it and go, well, that's, that's oversimplified, or 
You may hear it and go, mm, I'm not quite sure I'm tracking with you, Wes. Um, stay with me. We'll hang in there. I think we'll all come together uh, as we go forward. So the short answer to this question of how can I know and do God's will for my life has, has two points. All right, there's two points in, this, in the answer. And the first point has to be first, and it has to be always. The first point has to be first, and it has to be always. And it's simply this. Obey God's commands. In order to know and do God's will for your life, you need to obey his commands. And then the second is do what you want. While still obeying God's commands, do what you want. And you, you may be saying to yourself, yeah, you're right, that was oversimplified. Or you may be saying to yourself, I, I'm, not, I'm still not tracking with you, but I encourage you to stay with me here. So what does it mean to obey God's commands? We have to answer that question first. If to, to know, you know how, to, how to know and do God's will, we have to answer the question, you know, how, what does it mean to obey God's commands? So if you're a follower of Jesus, if, you, if you're a Christian, uh, it's pretty, you might quickly be saying, well, of course, following God's commands, obeying God's commands, you, s- you start with the Ten Commandments. So in order to know and do God's will, uh, I, can't, I can't be murdering someone and, and be doing God's will. I can't be lying or cheating or committing adultery. Those are, those are obeying God's commands, and those are clear-cut. They're, they're right there, right in front of us. And then you have to, you have to go to the, so many other commands in, in Scripture. You go to the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. If Christ did it, that's a command for us. If, if Christ taught that, then that's also a command for us. So when Christ says and when he does love his enemies, that is now a command for us. Uh, when, when Christ uh, loves, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself, that then is now a command for us. When Christ abides with his Father, like John 15 talks about, when Christ you know, goes to his Father in prayer and abides with his Father, that is part of a command for us now. We go to the life and the teachings of Jesus. So those are the kind of obvious, maybe more obvious commands from God. Obey God's commands. Okay, I'm going to go to the Ten Commandments. I'm going to look up the commands found in the Scripture. I'm going to go to the life and teaching of Jesus. But I believe there are times we have commands from God that come from somewhere other than what we see on the page in the, the Bible. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you make a commitment then that then becomes something that is a God's command for your life. For example, if you sign a contract, you put your word on something, maybe it's for an employee, maybe it's an employee, maybe you make a promise to someone, that then now becomes God's command for your life because on the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus taught, let your yes be yes and let your no be no, that is his command. So then when we make a promise to someone, when we give our word to someone, that then now locks us in to that's part of God's will for our life. You might be asking yourself, okay, so what if I, what if I promised my kid I'd play, play basketball with him when I got home and I got stuck in traffic and, and the circumstances changed? And okay, circumstances change sometimes, so process with your son when you get home. So you're right, you know, I, I promised you I was going to play. This is what happened. We're going we're gonna to play tomorrow or we're going to play uh, right now. Um, circumstances do change sometimes, and, and then you have to roll and honor those as you go forward. But for the most part, if those circumstances don't change, um, part of God's command, part of God's will for our life is honoring those commitments and promises that we've made. 
Now, several months ago, uh, I, when I preached and I challenged myself, I challenged you guys, encouraged you, maybe you were here for this, uh, to write down on a card somebody's name that you were praying for, for their salvation, that this is someone that does not know Jesus, and I'm, I want to pray for them. And what we did with those cards is we put them on the table on one side of the worship center or the other. And then what we did is we walked over to the other side of the worship center and we picked up someone else's card that had a different name on them, and we committed to praying for those people. Now, hopefully that's something that you've been doing. Um, if you happen to hear of a story of maybe the person that you've been praying for, and they came to saving knowledge of Jesus, or something happened in their life, and they started coming to church or whatever, please tell one of the staff. We'd love to celebrate uh, with you and maybe even tell that story someday. But the reason I bring this up right now is because... Um, I made a commitment to you that day that I would be praying for the people that I picked up. Now, I thought I was going to be praying for two people because there were two services and I was going to pick up one during each service. Uh, but there, because of math and because numbers didn't add up perfectly when people went from side to side, I ended up with six names. So I have been praying for Ina, Larry, Ray, Diana, Zach, and Amber. Those are the people that I've been praying for. And the reason I bring this up right now is because I, commit, I made a commitment to you that I would do that. And so this is now a command from the Lord in my life. If I want to do his will, I'm going to honor my word and pray for those folks. Now, <clears throat> once you obey those known laws and commands from God and you're looking at the life and teaching of Jesus and you're looking at your commitments and promises you've made, uh, once you've moved past all that, this is where I think it gets a little bit stickier. It gets a little bit more difficult. Because then you're trying to listen and discern that still small voice in your head and in your heart. You know, is, is that the spirit that's telling me to go have a conversation with that person over there? Is it the spirit that's saying, give, write a check to that family? They just need money. Uh, how do we know that that's the Holy Spirit in our life or if that is another voice, is something else? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's your own imagination or your own mind? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or it's just your flesh wanting something? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's the pizza that you had the night before? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or uh, a voice of someone else in your life, a prominent person in your life? Uh, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's fear or anxiety and you're, you just want to give in to what that is and you're, you, know, you kind of couch it as, well, this is what God wants for my life? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or if it's something you're just super excited to do and be a part of? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you for asking that, that question. I'll now uh, give you three things to help process through. Uh, is this a spirit? Is this something else in my life? And the first one is this. If you are sensing from something from the spirit and that thing that you are sensing is against a known command of God, then it's not the spirit that you're sensing. It's something else. If you know God is asking you to go this direction because of a command that he's given, and then you're now, the spirit is saying something different, then that's, that's not going to be the spirit. It's going to be another voice in your life. The second is this. Just because someone else has a conviction or their perfect will, they're, they're following God's will in their life, takes them this way, does not necessarily mean that's the direction that God is telling you to go. So, for example, some, uh, some people have the conviction that they, will, they don't ever drink alcohol. 
That's great. That's their conviction. That's, that's God moving in their life, and they should honor that conviction. But for some of us, we may, you know, really enjoy a dinner date with our spouse and have a glass of wine at dinner. Now, that is also, can also be just as important in, in God's will for their life. And, and it, so to get, even get a little bit more, more personal, so my wife, Kristen, she's been in a job for about almost eight years, and she is at a place where right now she is trying to decide if she should stay or she should, she should go. Now, we're praying about it. We're talking about it. We're trying to figure things out. Some of the time, Kristen and I have landed on the same page. Some of the time. When we're, we're trying to sense what the Lord may be wanting us to do or her to do. That means most of the time, we've been in different places. She's had this perspective, and I've had this perspective, where we've kind of had the same perspective, but leaning one way or the other. So does that mean one of us is wrong? Does that mean that she's wrong and I'm right? Does that mean that, that, that I'm wrong and she's right? Or, or there's a combination. It could be that one of us is wrong. It could be that one of us has given into a fear or a, a, a pride thing. could be, but not necessarily, because I believe that God works in that tension. God is already refining and uh, our, the way we communicate with each other, even in the midst of this tense conversation. We're trying, it's an important thing to consider. We're coming at it from different angles. God could literally be giving us a different perspective on purpose. And that, that is how God wants us to process through these things. Uh, even in the men's Bible study a couple of weeks ago, I encourage you all the guys to join us on Thursday mornings. Uh, we're going through the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is chocked full of um, stories where the Holy Spirit is just leading people and leading ministry. And interestingly enough, as I was preparing for this passage, I had a great conversation with our, my, my Zoom Bible study guys. And uh, thanks for that, uh, helping me with my sermon today. Um, so there's this account in Acts 15 where Paul and Barnabas are doing ministry together. And they're doing ministry together, and Barnabas is like, hey, Paul, we need to bring this guy Mark on board, because Mark, he's legit, like, he's going to help us in ministry. And Paul's like, no, I'm not having it. I think Mark's a little lame. I'm going to go with Silas. You're going to go with Mark. And we're actually going to have a sharp disagreement, and they, Paul and Barnabas separate and go different ways in ministry. Now, does that mean necessarily that one of them was wrong and one of them was right? No. I actually believe God used their sharp disagreement and his perfect will was for them to separate because they expanded their ministry into two different areas. And then interestingly enough, Paul later on in the New Testament talks about how great uh, Mark was in ministry. So it kind of came full circle, right? So to review, to the two, two of the things that to do to try and figure out what the Holy Spirit is doing, one is uh, it won't be against another one of God's commands, and two, the Spirit may lead you differently than the Spirit is leading someone else. Thirdly, uh, there's a process that we must go through in order to know what God's will is. And it comes to us in Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. Now, this is kind of a familiar passage, maybe for, for you, maybe not. Uh, if, this, if this is familiar to you, I, I want you to try and listen to this through the lens of this is how I'm supposed to figure out God's will for my life as I, as I read this. All right, Romans 12, 1 through 2. <clears throat> Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
But do not conform, now listen to this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In order for us to know the will of God for our lives, and this passage like puts it out clearly, in, in view of God's mercy, so having the, the mercies of God in front of us and in, in our hearts and in our minds, then sacrificially living, and then living a holy life, and then making sure that we're not being conformed to the world, but we're, we're being transformed by God in, in, in the likeness of Christ. If we are doing those things, then it says we may be able to know the perfect will of God for our life. So, it's possible that you are not getting a clear answer from God right now uh, because this is not in place. Now, just because this is in place doesn't mean God's going to write something on a tablet and send it to your email. He's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he's always going to answer every single question, but this may be a reason, if these are not in your place, if you're not obeying God's commands, if you're not uh, staying with your commitments and promises, if you're not sacrificially living and making sure that you're being transformed towards God, that may be why you're not hearing God clearly. So how does all this actually work? I believe everything we've talked about so far is, is what we need to do. It helps us in the direction of figuring out God's will for our life. But what, what about those specific questions? What about... Kristen, you know, uh, changing jobs. How, if I'm doing these things, should, should God answer me? Well, God can answer and give us anything he wants anytime, no matter what we're doing or not. So that's God's preference. But what I think God gives us is a recipe for, this is the best kind of soil for how you can hear me and understand what I want for your life. So I'm going to give a, another five ingredients. There's another part of this um, process. And I believe that all five of these ingredients uh, need to be in place for us to properly hear what the Lord uh, wants for us uh, going forward. So the first ingredient is this. It's prayer. Consistently seeking God in prayer. For, you know, let's just say it's for a job. Am I supposed to stay at this job? Continually going to God. And it says, you know, Philippians 4, 6, present your requests to God. Present those requests, ask God, and then listen. Listen to what he wants to say to you. Now, let's just say you're, you're praying. You're out on the back patio, you're having coffee, and you're praying, and you're like, you just get this thing. Oh, I think God's telling me to quit my job. Okay, that's great. That may be exactly what God wants you to do. But I think we need to factor in these other ingredients to help, help us figure out, be able to test and approve what God's will is for our life. So if God reveals himself to you in prayer, then he's going to be consistent and reveal that in other areas of your life. For example, the, the second thing here is preference. I believe our preferences, our personalities, our gifts, our talents are extremely important when it comes to knowing God's perfect will for our life. Think about it this way. You have Mary and you have Martha. Two people who loved Jesus. When Jesus was in the house, one of them took their hair and washed Jesus' feet, and the other one was tending to cleaning and taking care of everything in the household. Both of them, in their own preferences, in their own personalities, in their own giftings, and how they were designed, 
are doing the perfect will of God in that moment and doing different things. It's worth it for us to pay attention to our preferences and how we are designed. So prayer, preference, and then wise counsel. Now, when it comes to wise counsel, I would add in godly counsel or people that you trust. And, you know, what this isn't, what this isn't is uh, someone being the voice of Jesus in your life. No one can take, the, take away the voice of Jesus in your life. No one should be that. Uh, my wife is not the voice of Jesus in my life, even though she might want to be sometimes. Uh, Pastor Jay is not the voice of Jesus in our lives, but... What I do is I, I talk to Jay. I talk to my wife. I process. I talk to the, my accountability guys, our, our community group. We process and, we, and we're a sounding board for one another, and they may be able to point out blind spots that I'm not seeing. They may see God moving in a different direction, and it, it may help me understand things properly. Proverbs 12 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So prayer, preference, wise counsel, and then trial and error. Uh, part of the ingredients of hearing uh, from the Holy Spirit is action. We need to do things. Uh, you can't just sit and wait. Because what, what happens, there are times when you should sit and wait. But there's a lot more times when God asks you to take action. Because what happens when you, when you take action, you learn things. You learn things that don't work. And wow, I'm going to, okay, I learned from that mistake. Uh, or you learn things that, wow, this, this man, I, I saw God move in me here. Or I saw God change something over there. And that requires us to take action. And at times, that's going to be trial and error. At times, it's going to be good. And sometimes, it's, it's not going to be. So I actually have a, a video that I would like you to, to check out. It's like a minute and a half long video. Um, and it helps illustrate this point kind of in a humorous way. Uh, it's done by Joyce Meyer. Now, I don't ascribe to many of the things that, that Joyce would say all the time, but this specific illustration, I think, is, is helpful for us. So check it out. We need to learn from our mistakes. We need to learn from the things that we have success in. That's trial and error. I think the Lord uses that to help show us what God's will is for our life. There's a, the fifth ingredient in this little recipe that we're putting together here, and I believe this is the most important uh, ingredient in the recipe. Now, you might say, hey, Wes, you just talked about prayer. Are you sure this is going to be more important than prayer? Yeah, I believe this is more important than prayer. Uh, and, I, and, and the ingredient is humility. If we don't have humility in this process, then we're not going to pray. I'm going to just do this on my own. I'm going to figure out Wes's answer for it. I'm going to, in my own pride, I'm not going to seek the Lord. I'm, I'm going to just do it on my own. Without humility, when you look at your preferences and your personalities, you could quickly let that take over and go, well, this is what I'm good at. This is, you know, I'm good at golf. I'm going to make golf my career just because I really, really enjoy it. Well, that, that's not coming into it humbly. You know, so we need to, to keep humility as part of when we pay attention to our preferences and the way we're designed to be. If we don't have humility, we're not going to seek wise counsel. We're just going to figure things out on our own. Uh, if, we, if we don't have humility, we're not going to learn from our mistakes. We're going to keep doing things the way we think they should be done, even if it's the wrong way. So James 4 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Okay, so to wrap everything up so far that, that we've been talking about here, in order to figure out God's specific a will for your life to know and do that. We have obedience to known commands. We have sacrificial and holy living uh, and learning like Jesus taught and how he lived. We have prayer 
We have preference, we have wise counsel, we have trial and error, and we have humility. Now, I, I think all of these things are a recipe to help us get a clear picture from God of what he wants. So Bob Goff, uh, in his book Love Does, he kind of takes these ingredients, these things we've been talking about here, and this is, this is how he determines kind of what, what he thinks the Lord is doing in his life. It's like a navigational tool. So for instance, take, take my wife. Uh, my wife's trying to decide, uh, should I stay at my job or, or should I go? And so let's just say she is talking to, with wise counsel. And wise counsel says, you know what? I think you should go this direction. You should probably uh, you know, leave your job because of this. This is kind of what I'm, my impression is. And then let's say uh, Kristen is, is thinking of trial and error. Like, hey, I used to really, really love my job. I'm not really, really loving it now. So maybe a change is in order. And then let's say she's, she's worshiping. She's singing in the car on the way somewhere, and the, the Holy Spirit just like potentially drops in this thing like, yeah, I think it's time for you to go. And like, okay, okay is, that, is that you, Holy Spirit? Is it not? So then that also points in that direction. And let's say she asks herself, what, what do I want to do? What's my preference right now? And let's say that it also, you start to see that these things kind of converge all in one area. That may be the voice of God in your life, when you're taking all those things, all with humility, and they're pointing that, that direction, that may be the answer that you're looking for. So let's say that that happens and you're like, yep, that's my answer, boom. Got it, I'm gonna move forward, you move forward humbly, you know, whatever, great. But many times in our lives, you're going to have all those ingredients and you're still not necessarily going to have a strong sense of what you're supposed to do. What do you do in that moment? What do you, what do, you do when you have all these things around and there's not a clear, like, well, my wise counsel told me this way, and my, when my spirit, when I was worshiping, kind of felt this way, and, you know, my preference is to go this way, and that's going to happen. Or maybe everything is just kind of confusing, and it's, there's no real clarity because that will happen at times. What do you do with that? That's when it comes to our second point. The second point is do what you want. Do what you want. God is saying you have the freedom to choose. Do what you want. So I'm a visual learner. I'm just going to throw this up on the screen for you. This kind of helped me think through what I was looking at. You know, how can I know and do the will of God for my life? And it has the list of things there in regards to obeying God's commands. Uh, but then it also has kind of the, the other ingredients that we need to have part of our life before we reach a place where we just do what we want to do. God gives us the freedom to choose in that moment. So here's a couple quick warnings or things to kind of just pay attention to. Lo, lo, be a little cautious about these things. The more emotionally tied you are to a decision, the more difficult it will be for you to hit, get a clear answer from, from God. So if it's just kind of like, I don't really care what we do, if it's this or that, it's probably going to be easier to get a sense from God if he's going to tell you one way or another in that moment. So just know, if you're extremely emotionally tied to a decision, it will be more difficult, and I would encourage you to take more time and process more and just be more cautious as you, as you move forward. Uh, also, uh, when your decision affects other people, and you're thinking, okay, uh, if I make this decision, I'm going to make that person mad. If I make this decision, I'm going to make this person happy. And, and if, you're, if your decision affects multiple people, and maybe even a lot, 
then it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to, to hear clearly. And so you'll just want, you just want to pay attention to that. Uh, medicine, chemicals, disorders, lack of health can also make things difficult. When, when your headspace isn't quite as clear, um, it may be more difficult to discern what the Lord is trying to tell you. And then the, the acronym HALT, uh, when you're too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, uh, those, one of those things makes it more difficult to maybe get a clear sense of what God's doing. But if you have multiple of those, or even all of those, it's going to be near impossible to get, have a clear understanding of what God is wanting for you. So just pay attention to those things. So when I was dating Kristen, um, I was trying to decide, is this the woman I'm supposed to marry? And so I was praying about it. I'm doing all the things, right? All the things that we're talking about here. <clears throat> I'm doing all the things. And, and this, there's been twice in my life when I believe God spoke to me audibly. And this was one of those moments. And in, he whispered into my ear just one word. He whispered, blessing. He whispered blessing into my ear. And to me, that was him saying, you have my blessing to marry Kristen. Now, I ended up, needing that confirmation from God as time went on and we had, we had just some different struggles. I needed to know, yep, I'm going to go back to that moment. God spoke this, so I'm going to lean on that. I remember where I was when it happened. I was running on the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. I had my uh, Sony Discman in my hand, the CD that didn't, you know, didn't jump or skip because it was really cool. Uh, and I was listening to Wherever You Will Go by The Calling, one of my favorite bands, and God just whispered through the music into my ear, blessing. Now, interestingly enough, my wife was doing all the things too. You know, talking to people, praying, you know, obeying God's commands. She was asking God the same question. And, and God never spoke to her about it. Never said, yes, I really want you to marry West. He never said, no, I don't want you to marry West. So she landed in the place where basically God was saying, you can do what you want. I, I'm hoping that she thinks she made the right decision. Um, but God doesn't always speak to us the same way. And even, even both of us asking the same question, God addressed each of us differently based on what he knew we were going to need. Sometimes it is really, really simple to know what God's will is for our life. Sometimes it is excruciatingly difficult to know. So we're going to worship a little bit more, um, and then we're going to come back, and I have a couple responses for us today. Thank you. God, I just want to pray for us right now as we continue in worship, as we continue in um, trying to hear from you, uh, that you speak through our hearts and minds through these different you know, recipes that we have going on that, that you will make things clear to us. And when it's not clear and that you are giving us the freedom to go ahead, let us go forward in confidence. In your name, amen. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor.
So thank you for joining us today. Uh, it was a pleasure uh, to be with you. Hey, if you have any more questions, if you want to see clarity, uh, send me an email. I'd love to respond uh, to those emails about the, the message today. And also, if you have prayer requests, if you have praises, please go on our website and, and submit those, and we will begin praying for them on Tuesday this week, and our prayer team will also be praying for us. We, we consider it an honor to, to be praying with and for you guys. So two, two things to kind of uh, respond with today. The, the first is this. If you sent someone a text message with uh, the, one of the questions that you're asking God right now, or you told someone in the room, uh, follow up with that person. Say, hey, will you be praying with me for, for an answer? Will you help me process this uh, further and, and just ha- help me figure out maybe what the Lord is, is trying to say? So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. I'll just leave you with a question. And the question is this. Are you doing right now what you know God's will is for your life? Are you doing right now what God's will is for your life? If you are, that's amazing. I'm proud of you. Way to go. If you're not, uh, let's, let's press into that. Let's, let's gather some, some people. Let's, let's pray. Let's, let's figure that out. And if you're not sure, maybe start putting, putting in some of the things we talked about today and, and uh, processing together, and we'll, we'll see what we can figure out what the Lord's doing. I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.